Get Pucked. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Get Pucked Podcast. Uh, today, here with you, Vito, Matt, again, no Dave. Hopefully, you'll be back soon. But um, there's a, there's been a, a seismic change, Vito, a seismic change. The pre-Martin St. Louis era and the post-Dom uh, Ducharme era, right? As as if the team is completely different. We're long, we're talking about the same roster, we're talking about the same players, but all of a sudden, minus Tyler Toffoli, minus Toffoli, who jokes aside is has not been the reason why, and everybody's cracking jokes. Toffoli was a great player, and and I'm sure that has nothing to do with nothing. But there's always that new spark, that that spark that happens when you get a new coach, right? We we know it, it happens constantly. Teams go on a run after they get a new coach. There's the boost Boudreaux Boudre thing. Um, in Vancouver, we saw they were, they they couldn't buy a win. All of a sudden, he comes in, they go on a big long streak, and this has been a, a recurring thing for for you know uh, forever. So, are we looking at a potential like surge? Like, what do you think? Do you think this is going to go on? Do you think they're going to just keep winning, like winning and winning, winning? And they're like, going to win more time? than they were winning before. That's for yeah, sure. That's not that hard to do. No, so. it's not that hard to do. But uh, I mean, typically, every time, most of the time. When a new coach comes in, team is there. There's a spark. They, they they tend to be more motivated to do stuff, to play and whatever. Uh, especially some like Marty Saint Louis, you can hear it from the players. On a lot of them have quoted, uh, have said that, uh, you know, it's lighter in the room. They're having fun. It feels good to play music again. Uh, you know, he's he's trusting a lot of the players, and it's okay to make mistakes as long as they make more. They make more good. Th- they make better decisions more often the t- more often than they do bad decisions. Yeah, uh, shit like that, right? So, I mean, it, normally I say when a new coach comes in, give it about three weeks. Three weeks, and you'll see pretty much where this team is at. Well, we're getting there then, no? Or we're, we're, we're close. We're I just, think we're at. We're uh, I think it's day ten. I could be wrong, but we're somewhere around there. Is it we're only day ten. No, yeah. more than that. 10 points in 7 games is what Caulfield has. So that's my that's how I'm trying to remember everything. So it's been 7 7 games since Marty St. Louis got in the picture. I'm quickly looking this up. Okay, February 10th he was hired. So okay. it, yeah, 2 weeks. It's 14 it's days. 2 weeks. So it's 2 weeks yeah. that Marty St. Louis is the coach of the Montreal Canadiens. So I usually say give it about 3 weeks. Let things uh, settle a bit, and then you'll kind of I mean, get an idea of what the team is like. It's obvious they're not going to win all their games. I mean, quite obviously, you got that dead cat bounce, as it's called, and like they're they're going they're going full tilt, and the the team is kind of like I don't know if we, if we put it in a parallel, they were all like with their hands tied behind their back in the Dominic Ducharme system, whatever that was, and it seems like Saint Louis has just unshackled everybody and everybody's often doing their own things this isn't just like a a Caulfield Anderson Suzuki mind-blowing trio everybody's playing well granted that trio itself has been like beyond well but like the whole team looks good everybody anybody I, and everybody I, I, who I was struggling it, yeah, looks good it, now. it looks like every player is able to go and be creative and play their game and play the way that they've learned how to play throughout the course of their career versus this is what I want you to do. This is what you have to do. This is the system. This is your role in the system. Go do this. Anything more than this, anything you're benched, it's not working out. You're not doing what you're supposed to. I mean, there was a there was a picture that I had seen not, not long ago. Somebody posted it, and I can't remember. But it was Dominic Ducharme was behind the bench, and 
uh, you saw, I think it was a Montreal Gazette now that I think of it, but it was Dominic Ducharme behind the bench and he was talking mid-game to the players and everybody had their back or their their back turned towards him. Nobody was really listening to him. That's what the picture looked like. He, mm. he looked like he was just somebody that people liked Dom Ducharme the human, but they didn't like Dom Ducharme the coach. Yeah. And now you yeah, bring in no, some like Mark who's got yeah. the clout. He's got he's the Hall of Famer. He's he, he's got it all, other than just coaching experience in the in the NHL. It's it's a unique thing, right? So you, I would imagine that as a hockey player, you have more respect for a former hockey player who achieved the things that Martin Saint Louis achieved. And he did it not that long. Then, then you would have for a coach. And let's be real, Dom Ducharme won at every level he's ever been at, but the NHL. And even in the NHL, in his first like interim season, he went to the Stanley Cup. Forget the reasoning. Yeah, but you know what? But, but, here, but, call this a hot take if is, you want, and I'm sure people would agree with me. Won't. I don't even think Dom Ducharme was actually coaching the team in the in the playoffs. Well, I think it was Carey Price, Shea Weber, Corey Perry. Those yeah. they took the yeah. they took the team and said, uh, "Don't worry, we're gonna make you look playoff as good as hockey, possible." Yeah, but playoff Back hockey, off. usually speaking, is not a coaching battle anymore. It's a battle of grit and will, and which team no, has the hard goalie. I, I, I would disagree. Just, I really think that those three guys, if you want to add Eric Stahl, the veterans took the team on their shoulders and they just drove with this. And and I believe that that's a, that's a common phenomenon that happens in the playoffs. I really, I mean, granted, coaching will always be relevant, but I really do think that players have a greater leash and far more, uh, a far more greater impact in the overall strategy of the game than they do during the season. But, but aside from that, not talking about how this all plays on the playoffs there, but my point is like, you know, Dom, Dom did win at every level, but he is a coach. He's been a coach. He's always been a coach. He's been a coach all the way up. And so, yeah, you're right. Maybe a player naturally, especially a rookie, perhaps, um, gravitates more towards a, a, a former, um, you know, Hall of Fame, uh, Stanley Cup winning player than they do a coach with a lot of pedigree. Either way, the team is on fuego. And uh, and I don't know how to feel about that. It's um, it's a weird thing. I love seeing them win. I love seeing Caulfield uh, become the Caulfield that I kind of expected him to be right from the get go. Suzuki, the Anderson, like like Montebo has been like with, like with reinvented. The, with the way they're playing, even if they lost, I would be okay in a lost season because at least they're being competitive. It's entertaining again. Absolutely, it's fun to watch them. But they're but winning. The, they they are now. They're winning, not in last place anymore. I'm conflicted because yeah, and I think this is what you're getting at. I'm conflicted because. I don't want them to mess up their draft ranking. Now, albeit, you know, everyone's going to say, even if they're, they're dead last, it doesn't guarantee them the first overall. It doesn't nope. improve their chances. You know, somebody like Mitch Gallo has said, hey, uh, yeah, but uh, I forgot what the odds are, but let's just say 75%, they have 75% odds against them versus the 25 that people are focusing on. Listen, right? it's a reverse odd look, but, but we did this exercise before we did the podcast even. It would seem like if you go back all the way to like the mid-2000s, it's about 50-50. If you're dead last, you have what it would seem to be about a 50% chance that you're going to get the first overall pick. That's how it equated to, like in all the years, right? With the dead last team got it. Yeah, or didn't get I, it. I think we went it about half the time. Back, it's about twenty years. Yeah, it's about half the time. So, like, you get a fifty percent chance, which which is great. But the but my problem is, we were subjected to such terrible hockey for so long, after going to the Stanley Cup and riding such a big high, and then the change in like all the stuff that was going through and the bad display on the ice and the and the and the the, the players getting hurt. It was just it was so bad. 
The product was so bad that the only way you can reasonably get through it was to say, you know what? This is the best time for this to happen. I'm going to swallow the pill. It's going to be shit all the way to the end of the season, but they're going to get a top pick. Maybe not one, but at least in the top three. Now, I'm not saying you go and win four games, all of a sudden that's a pipe dream and oh my God, they're not, right? But it is not insane to think that if they carry this type of momentum, they could theoretically start passing other teams, the New Jerseys, the Buffaloes, you know, catch up to the Philadelphias who are all playing terrible as of late and don't seem to have anything going for them in terms of a spark to happen. So now all of a sudden the Habs could find themselves potentially by the end of the season, somewhere like 28, 29, which is not, oh my God, and the odds are still there for them to potentially move on. And like Mark, and like Marco but, mentioned on a previous episode, Marco D'Amico, was that if this is a draft that even if Montreal gets number five or number four, they're coming well, out with get a, a good, player. good player. But I'd rather be, I'd rather get a player at two or one. You know what I mean? Like Top we, three. The fans... I feel like the fans really went through the ringer for the first half of this season, and it was bad. It was real bad, and it was the it was only hard, thing dude, was, we it had. Was hard, it was hard to turn on the TV to watch to tune into a half yeah, game, and it was hard to you keep also, the, the TV on. You also don't want to root against the team you cheer for, right? Like, I see them win. I still root for the goals. I still get jacked when I see Caulfield and the passes and the goals. Like, it's still good. I'm happy they're winning. And maybe in the long run, this this will be something that is a, a first major building block that the team can build on going forward into the upcoming seasons. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm just very conflicted about it because I was so dead set on hopefully getting a top pick that now with the same Louis effect and maybe this is going to keep going and the play. Now, granted, I should mention, of course, there will still be trades occurring. The plan is not going to all of a sudden change. Sherratt is likely, if not already, going to be like penciled in somewhere else. You might lose Lecky. Uh, maybe Petrie is in season. He's definitely going to be probably moved off season, no matter how much better his well, play the, is. Yeah, but do you think maybe his tone thing. has changed? Do you think maybe I, his no tone way. has changed? I think this is a guy for personal reasons, and it's nothing to do with the city. It's nothing to do with the organization. I think this is just a gentleman who wants to be back in the States for family reasons. And I think the Canadians are more than willing to facilitate for the right price and for the right trade. And if it's something that's going to happen, we hear a lot of clatter about uh, Dallas. If it happens because all of a sudden Dallas is surging now, and maybe they on they offload uh, Klinberg and they just plug in Petrie, maybe it works in season. But I think one way or another, Jeff Petrie is not on this team starting next year. So there's going to be a lot of pieces moving. And that might really affect the team and it might make them, you know, teeter out a bit. It's just, I don't know why they had to do this to us. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why, like, like, like why I was so ready for them to be bad all season. I was so prepared. And now it's like, I can't. Well, I gotta, okay. But I will say this. Bringing in St. Louis and getting the type of hockey that we're getting. It's great. The players all waking up. It's great. Yes, it's great. It's but great. it kind of makes me excited for the next season. With True. the way it was going with Ducharme. And we were questioning. People were saying, "Oh, Ducharme's gonna stay till the end of the season." Some were saying he just got signed a three-year contract. He's not. He's not gonna go. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. a chance that he might stay. Didn't get me excited for next season, no matter who they added or who they removed from this team. No, I, I, I don't. Because no matter at the, no matter what, at the end of the day, it was going to be boring hockey or confused hockey, and it was gonna be the same crap. And I wasn't excited to watch it next year. I would have still watched it because I'm a fan. And, and I, I just, you know me, I watch every game anyway. But it, I wouldn't have been happy about it. 
No, no, no I, doubt, no doubt. Product, it, it wasn't only the product that was he, bad. He, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. He, it he, just he, he wasn't the, the right guy. Blood out of that team. He, he wasn't the right guy. I don't know what he was trying to do. I think they'll look back and and it'll take a long time for some really sharp hockey mind to be able to sit back and say, you know what, agree or disagree, this is what he was trying to do. It's and somebody will have to explain the fans to, to recover from this ha first half of the season. Well, I, I, I don't know about that. I think already fans have, have started no, to get pretty jacked up. You're going to get some people who are going to be talking about this first half of the season because it, as oh, we it's historically it bad. Yes. Historically so bad. So because it's historically bad, we're not going to forget about it. It was a bad, bad year on all fronts. Right. I mean, there are a plethora of reasons why that happened. It's not just Dom Ducharme. I mean, you no, got the injuries, not. the COVID, you got Price not around, you got the Weber situation. I mean, there was a shitty hand dealt to him. No one could, could dispute But that. to be fair, at the same time, the team that's succeeding now, the roster that's succeeding now... Yeah, it's the same roster. It's it's yeah. the same roster. It's still Mark Bergeron yeah. who built this. There, yeah. You can't say right now, as it stands, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon have put their stamp on this team just yet. They haven't. No, they made no, a no, not at all. Move. They made a they, couple yes. of waiver pickups, and that's about it. Well, And Pitlick, Big the way up. it's looking, it might Big be... Big Next Byron. The next Byron. The next Byron. No, yep. I don't want to jump. I want to see if yeah. he's going to progress and get yeah, we'll another season or something here. Yeah, 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 and that's if we even sign him. But we'll see. Right now, as it stands, it uh, seems we got like he, we got his cousin and his brother. I see no reason why he's a great third line acquisition right now. I could definitely see this guy being on the team. But speaking of acquisitions, I mean, I read something earlier. Um, Pierre LeBrun mentions on on his insider trading. All of a sudden now, and this kind of shocked me a little bit. That 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 the Habs might be looking to make a big splash in the free agency. They might want to try to uh, bring in a a superstar or two because now they think with the team's new direction, um, with the transparency, with with the Martin uh, Saint Louis uh, uh, impact, that, and it looks like he might be he, the interim. Might just you know why even have it at this point? It seems like he might be the guy going forward. But I mean, here I'll I'll, I'll regale you with some names that are out there, right? Malkin is a UFA. Any chance? Him, yeah. Nope. Uh, Claude Giroux is going to be a UFA. Possible, but unlikely. I don't think he would sign here, to be honest. Well, I would agree too. Uh, oh, okay, Phil Kessel. Uh, I don't. So far, whatever. you're mentioning th you've mentioned three guys that. Okay, Malkin, in my opinion, is probably going to stay in Pittsburgh. But if he does move, 100%. If Claude Giroux does move, or Phil Kessel does move, Phil Kessel ain't coming to a Canadian market. I I just don't believe it. The other two. If they do decide to move, move it would be to go to a team that's going to likely win the cup or has no, a chance. No, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, the the problem is a lot of these guys are are older, right? So I mean, I'm just I got a list up here. I'm going from top to bottom. It's in. It doesn't seem like it's any particular order, but like you got Chris Letang is an interesting name. Um, you got names like Patrice Bergeron. Very interesting name. He I, is, but I, I, he's, I just, a bro, I just, he's a bro for listen, life. I understand. I understand. It would be the most like mind perplexing thing to see Patrice Bergeron <laughs> with a Canadian's jersey on. But anyways, it's a possibility. I'm just saying, right? And he's super tight with uh, with Hughes. Anyways, Pavelski is out there, but I think he's going to get re-signed. Uh, Goudreau? He is a possibility. Goudreau? But he's going to command a lot of money. But yeah. he is a possibility. Yeah. Goudreau, but Goudreau's also, he's, uh, he's American. He may want to but he's stay. he's been in Canada the whole time. You've been in Canada the I whole time. I get it. 
but he's it's a just, guy that it's okay. just fascinating. It's fascinating some of the names. Okay, Radulov, but not really superstar level. <laughs> Kokinemi. Uh, well, I won't he's even go into yeah. that. No, I won't. Even, I won't even go into that. Uh, Forsberg, Philip Forsberg, Thomas Hurdle. If there's if there's two players, you just mentioned those two players. Those are the two players that I think there's a chance that they could end up with Montreal. I can see Hurdle. I can see them making a play for I Hurdle. can see more Forsberg and Forsberg being our number one left winger or number two if you keep Caulfield on the left. I know people are going to say what happens to Drouin. I just don't think Drouin is going to stick around with the Montreal Canadiens for very long. Well, yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, a lot of the things with these guys, there's a bunch of question marks. It's just, it's, I mean, forgetting the list now, it's just fascinating to think. You would have thought, you know, with them basically saying we're rebuilding without coming out and outright saying, yes, this is a rebuild and doing the whole New York Rangers letter thing, that like hearing that they'd be aggressive to make a splash to, to speed up the rebuild process, they must then think, given the sample size that we're witnessing now, that maybe this is a fluid situation. They're no, saying, no, no, no. It's because the, the team itself, on. the team itself was never had to go through a full rebuild. There are pieces in the cupboard, prospects that are, or young kids that are part of this team or are going to be part of this team that kind of speed up the process. So you got to have a balance of youth and veterans. Now you're, they're trading away some of the veterans, or at least they're rumored to trade away Sherrods, and they've lost Weber. They will. Gary Price they is will. a question mark, and, and all that. So you got to bring some of that veteranship back, some of those stars that are in, on free agency. When you look at the Montreal Canadiens' youth, right off the top of your head, you could think of uh, Suzuki, Caulfield, uh, Romanov. Uh, you have Gouli that's coming up. You have the you have potentially Harris. Is uh, you know there's a lot of traction there. Apparently there's Farrell. There's there's there, there's Struble. There, there are pieces there. We there's got a lot you. of good prospects, no doubt. Mayu, despite what happened, what what happened with him and and the negative side of it, yeah, he's, from a hockey perspective, a, on a hockey yep. perspective, he's a good prospect on the right mm -hmm. side defense. So you look at all these pieces and they're and they're coming. They're not that far away. You know, some of them might have to have a stint in Laval or whatever, but they're not that far away. And you look and say, okay, now we start adding other elements to this. We add some veterans. We add a star to attract uh, other names and other people. We can't just be a bunch of draft picks and a bunch of kids. Montreal never no had doubt. to go through a full rebuild. And, no doubt. And this was – when Mark Bergevin back then said it's a retool, he couldn't say it was a retool at that point because those kids that, that he did have, they were, they were at a certain stage in their careers where they were too young to say – Let's build around them. Now you could start building around Suzuki Caulfield. You're seeing, hey, look what happened. What's look what's happening to him? He's God in the NHL, right? Right. God and I was right. one of those that said we should send them down to Laval. But I was trying to say send them down to Laval, not because he couldn't play hockey anymore. It's to well, get him away, away from, from Ducharme. Yeah, 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 I agree. Right. That, without question. So now you're saying you're seeing that, and so with LeBron, Pierre LeBron saying that. It makes sense that they were going to want to add. The question is, is who are they going to add? Who are they going to be able to attract? And my God, are they going to have to sell? Have a, like they're going to have to sell the idea of playing for Montreal Canadiens under Marty Saint Louis with Vincent LeCavalier up there. That's with that's other pieces. the thing. I think they honestly believe that there's a possibility that they're going to. Well, they're they're definitely know that the perception of coming to the Canadians really is unappealing to some people. Like they they just it's an absolute no. And some other people are like, that's the place I want to go. It's it's a it's a character trait that that defines that you're either you either want to thrive in that market because it's the greatest market to play hockey when you're winning, but it's also without question 
probably the worst place to play when you lose when you're losing games like you were losing at the beginning of the season. But you change the whole front office. You become very transparent. You talk about a particular type of team you want to be with, which is based on skill and speed. You bring in Martin St. Louis as your coach, and, and you're showing the example of what's happening there. You bring in guys like Le Cavalier. You, you change this whole culture, this whole idea, this, 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 this sort of like identity that the Canadians had for so long. And now, like you say, you bring up some kids. You have some guys in Laval that are definitely going to make that jump. Yelonen is going to be on this team next year without question. So you, you, you have I, I, you. you but have, my point you, is, you got one or two guys that if you can grab from free agency, now and you're going to have a couple of surprises. He like, mentioned look at, look superstar. Huh? Gonna, like he's no, talking he star. Said, he said star players. I wouldn't go superstar. Okay, well, because star superstars players. are not UFAs. But like, if you can grab like like one of these guys. Like okay, I, Honestly, I mean, a lot of I, people talk Chris Letang. I don't think I don't think Chris. I don't, Letang, I don't Chris Letang is going to cash in one last time. It. He's going to cash in one last time. And like okay, you know what? Here's not a start. He's not a start, but I'm just curious. Would you would you bring back Max Domi? No. Really? No. I wouldn't bring back Max Domi. I would. I know you would. I liked Max Domi while he was here. Why would you not bring back Max Domi? Because where are you going to slot him? You're going to slot him on the wing? I think there's better options out there. I don't want him as a center. And if you have him as a center, you're going to plug him as number two? He's not the ideal number two either. Well, he's who, just who's not what number Montreal, two right now? He's just not what Montreal needs. Right now, technically, it would be Christian Dvorak. Okay. Who is a center. You prefer... Really? And when Max Domi played center for this team and got over 70 points... That was he was a point producer. I agree. What is that? He had a good season. Since then, he hasn't hit seventy points. And in the face-off circle, you need somebody who's above fifty percent. And Suzuki's still not there yet. You can't have a bunch of forty percent guys in the face-off circle throughout your entire lineup. Well, he he's always going to get. I mean, this is something that all guys work on. And and Dvorak's like, fifty-six percent in the face-off circle. Yes, he's not playing now because he's hurt. But even when he was playing, okay, granted, I can't, I can't say this because I don't believe Dvorak played a game yet under Martin St. Louis. So I don't know. Just like Drouin, just like a bunch of guys that have been injured for a while now, we don't know what's going to happen to these guys when they come back and they start playing under St. Louis. It might be, it might be the Christian uh, Dvorak that we were all sold on. All the players that are hurt right now that come back, well, Drouin. Drouin is probably the one that yeah. is going to, if he cannot benefit or play to what he his potential is under Martin St. Louis with the with, with the shackles off as you put it, then Drouin can't play with anybody. I mean, I it's it's unfortunate because I don't even know if he has a timeline for his return. So I, I don't know, but Well I think we're getting a, we're supposed to get an update on Friday. Okay. But but he's the one guy besides Caulfield that I was most excited to see how would he play under this guy. I also think Christian Dvorak is gonna is gonna you're gonna see a, the Christian Dvorak that people have spoken and have yeah, on. Yeah, that's my hope. That's my hope. You're going to see that. It's just... I mean, there's even rumors swirling around him. Yeah, being traded. I don't see it. I can't see well, it. Well, I do see it. I just... I can't I can't. I don't see, see for who it was rumored for. It was Winnipeg. To Winnipeg for Dubois. The person who put that up, I was like, okay, stop. No, but it wouldn't be a one-for-one. One. No. Like that, but that would make zero sense in the world. But anyways... Like, I mean, uh, I don't want to say it's never going to happen because I don't okay. want to put my foot in my mouth on it, but it, it's like it's hard to even consider or even fathom that a lot of, somehow a lot Dubois of, gets uh, there for Dubois 
in a package a of some kind. A lot of the people talking about potential landing spots for Sherratt, it seems like there's a bunch of teams out there. And, you know, you can go St. Louis, at Toronto. Uh, but the one that, that picked up the most steam as of late that I think, you know, is probably the one that's been around the longest is New York. From what I'm seeing from, and I, I'm no insider by any stretch, and I just, I've, I'm, I got a bunch of people that I follow and I, you know, track and read what they say. It, it looks like, New York might not be so interested in getting rid of a prospect for the trade. They might be looking to trade their first overall, and and maybe something. Uh, I, I read a, I read the opposite. You read otherwise. I, I was I just curious. Would you prefer to get a prospect for Ventura, or would you prefer to get a first round pick? Well, we already have another first round pick, so we do because we already have one. I'm okay if if Ventura gets moved for a prospect that's already a little bit, you know. Has gone through a bit of development. But what kind of grade prospect do you think you can get back for Ben Sherrod? Like, like realistically. Now, Tyler Toffoli got you a first plus a, we'll say, I don't know, what, what are we going to call him? A B, a Craig, B plus? Craig, Craig Button put him as a B prospect. Okay. B, B let's plus. say let's say B plus. Apparently, you know, the the, the Habs seem to really want him. They and expect, call him and say, Craig Button, I think when he spoke about it, they expect him to be a uh, and from what I was able to see, I mean, anybody could jump in and correct this and, and you know leave comments later on on this episode. But is a guy who's gonna probably be sought in the third line and could move up the lineup when there's an injury or if he's if he's going through a hot stretch. Listen, you need guys on the third line too. I'm not saying no, but but do you expect Ben Chirot to be traded for a prospect whose ceiling is a third line? I would say, you know what I mean, because I don't see a team trading their top like three one of their top three best prospects for Ben Sherrod. I, I don't see that. But okay, hold wanna, on a second. They'd want to get depends. rid of a first round pick it, first. It, yeah, but it depends. It depends. It depends. Because I'll give you an example for New York, right? So New York, they've got Kraftsov. And that's a name that's been swirling not only for Ben Sherrod, but for other people, right? But so everybody Kraftsov, knows Kraftsov, everybody Kraftsov, knows he at, wants out. When you look at the New York Rangers depth, Kraftsov is not in their top three best prospects. No. So there might there and plus he wants out. So they're willing to part ways with him. Now his his potential is probably a second line winger. And you're like, okay, I could get I don't mind getting that or taking a second line winger. Now the question that maybe Kent Hughes and Gordon are asking is if Kravtsov is the fifth and if that's the piece that they want to move Sharoth for. Kravtsov is available. If if the Rangers are not trading Kravtsov for Sharoth, either they don't want to do that trade. Or there's another trade that they're waiting on that would have to involve Kravtsov. So it all depends. Like what my expectations are, if they're going to trade Sherrod and they're going to get a player, I'm looking for no lower than a, than a B prospect and an A minus as the high end. I don't expect an A plus. I don't expect an A. Like an A minus would be like it's a player that. I mean. It's going to be tough. I, I get your point. I get that you don't want to be like, because it's Ben Sherrod. And I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to diminish Ben Sherrod in any way. But I mean, you know, like nor, under normal circumstances, I'd say absolutely. I mean, if you got an A prospect, just an A, even A minus prospect, it, like you'd be, you'd be ecstatic. It's just, you hear so many people who have inside knowledge of things. I believe they do pump the tires a lot just for clicks. I, I'm, I'm not a fool, but you hear everybody saying there is a actual bidding war going on for him. It seems like everybody wants this guy. He's proven himself in the playoffs. He's a strong top four defenseman. He will help you, no doubt. I would be almost 
depends on the prospect, of course. We're just speculating here. But I would almost be underwhelmed if you move Ben Sherratt for just a late round pick and a A minus prospect. At that point, I'd rather another first round pick. Yeah, but if you get a first round pick, you're getting a first round pick that's anywhere between 25 and 32. Okay? So if you're going to get a 25 and 32. But you can do so much with that. Yeah, but I'd rather get a player. I'd rather get a player that if you're going to give me 25, that was already drafted two years ago between 20 and 31 at the time. And he's already got that player's already been developed a little bit, has already. Depending which system and which organization or which team they've they've been developing under and all that, but I'd rather get some like that and be a bit a bit ahead versus taking a gamble at in another draft and you may or may not get anything out of it. I mean, it's always a gamble. I mean, no, even, it is even with a gamble, the, even but, even getting a prospect from another like, team doesn't way, ensure anything. The way I see it is that okay, so one of the other players that people have linked Sherrod to from the Rangers is Lundqvist. Nils Lundqvist. Right, awesome. right shot, right shot defenseman. That'd be he, awesome. When you look at their depth chart, he's kind of the the odd man out now, but he's a good prospect. So you take a chance on that. You bring him in because in Montreal, especially if Petrie goes, and even if Petrie doesn't go, there's a need on the right side. So let this kid play. Well, speaking of defensemen that coming in, and another thing that I read recently is it would seem, not a guarantee, but but uh, Frankie Bouillon came out and said Jordan Harris. Book it. He's confident he's going to sign with Montreal. Left side defense, though. I agree. But you got him. Gouli. Mayur is there. Uh, Mayur's on the right. Right. But but I'm saying all these three potentially can make the jump next year. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty wild. So, like... And Shuna, you, you, you got to give credit. Sh- go- Shunaman's been playing well, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Brooks just came back. And there's still Edmondson. And, and Eddie is still there. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of prospects. And, and th- well, yeah, that's well, okay. Anyways, that's, that's another thing. But my point is, is it is it not advantageous then, or disadvantageous, I should say, to move Sherrod for a defenseman prospect? Well, that's what I said. Nils Lundqvist. Yeah, but don't. I'm saying you shouldn't do that because you have so many in the pipeline. No, because you, you still need on the right side. We don't have enough on the right side. We don't. The, cu- the cupboard's bone dry on the right side other than Mayu. Hmm. You need on the right side. Well, okay, well, some, then, some well, people, then, well, then some we have people, a log jam on the left, don't we? Yeah, we do. Some people who overvalue our players that are not playing for the Habs right now and that are playing in Laval might say there's somebody who could, that's there right now that could play on the right side and whatever. But, I mean, it's to really say it once Petrie goes and if Petrie goes, it's going to be tough to replace Petrie. So the only way you can is by bringing in kids who can eventually evolve into something or min- mitigate the loss of the the loss in points that you're going to have by trading away somebody like Petrie. So how do you do that? I, I like I would like the acquisition of uh, Nils Lundqvist, especially knowing that there's no way they're going to get Schneider. Yeah, that, and that's assuming that they're going to be trading with the Rangers. Yeah. Um, no. I don't want – I'll say this because it's been coming out a lot and a lot of people even teasing the, the Leafs. I don't want the Habs to trade Sherratt to the Leafs. I'm not even crazy about the prospects. I know it's Nimala. Nimala is fine, but I just – I, I don't too. want it. I don't want it. Me too. I don't want it. No, I, I listen. I, I 100% agree. If Sherratt signs that... with the Leafs next year, fine. I'll be uh, in. I'll deal I, with I that kinda, I kind of hope he doesn't. I, I mean, listen. <laughs> it's one of those situations – 
and forgive me if there are for whatever reason any Leafs fans out there that are listening to this. It's not that it's not even that I just want the Habs to win. I also want Toronto to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like when I think about other teams that are in the league, teams that I that I personally am not fans of, and I understand they've had a lot of pain and suffering for a really long time. It's just there's something about Toronto that like I don't want to see any help that the Habs ever had go to them, you know, and help them. Like I, how would you rash? Like if you sat back and watched them go through the playoffs this year, and Ben Sherratt's on that team, and somehow Ben Sherratt's physicality helps them get past that first round, how would you feel? Like how would you feel? Good for Ben Sherratt. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think you'd be texting me and calling me and being like, "God damn, God damn." It depends Vince, if Montreal. No, if Montreal were to get hosed on the trade and they and whatever they were to get gets gets them nothing, I can't see. Then yeah, I, would I can't see a trade with Toronto being the best trade possible for Ben Trot. I agree, uh, but but there was some, before I get uh, sidetracked here, <laughs> and again, I'm just messing with the Toronto people. Good luck to you, whatever. But who is? In your opinion, the best prospect on the Habs right now? The number one prospect? Do we, the guys that are currently playing on the roster and are they considered prospects? No, no. They're not prospects. So you not can't a say Caulfield. Anymore. No, he's not. He's not. Who's the best prospect we have? Numero uno, our A plus prospect. Well, A plus. I'm just going to say our best prospect. I'm not going to say A plus because A plus. Do you know what an A plus prospect is? Well, he's in the NHL. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, I would say our best prospect, I I would give it to Caden Gooley. Yeah? Yeah, I'd give it to Caden Gooley. I think he's also the prospect that has the best chance of even starting in the NHL next season, whether it's on the third pair or I don't think he'd start on the first pair, but just to say on the third pairing, I think he's got the best chance to, to, to start next year. No. I would have to agree with you. I didn't yeah, want to agree I, with you. I thought you'd have. I thought you might say somebody else there, but but yeah, I think I, I would say it's Gooley. Um, I do think that if they do sign Harris, they He's might there. they might play him in the NHL right away. But again, I, I, everybody's got to manage their expectations because we don't know how it's going to translate once he gets to the NHL. It's like everybody was. Hyping up Norlander got to the NHL and yeah, albeit it was under Ducharme and all that stuff. It was under Ducharme, so you never know. Yeah, but I still, it's just let's manage our expectations because we tend to often we tend to overvalue our, our our players and prospects, and maybe it's time that we stop doing that and just wait and see. I just think it's going to be really, really fascinating. I mean, listen again. I, I circle back to what we were talking about in the beginning. I kind of. As much as I'm really enjoying this winning streak and I'm enjoying watching better play and, and a more exciting hockey, I really do want the Habs to draft, draft in the top five. So I really want moves to have, and I hope Gordon and Hughes see that too. And they understand the importance of some of these pieces that they're going to move out for prospects who are not going to come and, and draft picks. Um, but I hope it happens sooner rather than later because it would be such a, it would be such a shame to 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 go through all the pain that everybody went through the team the fans and everything to to wind up with like the ninth or or the eighth pick you know now they might be able to move and package things together and whatever you never know with these things but you just kind of want to see it that that's all 
I, I want to see them play the way they're playing, but like lose in overtime or like, you know, lose a, lose a heartbeat, like, like at the last second. It sucks to even say it. I don't like being that guy, but I feel like we've gone through so much shit for so long that this is giving me a weird hope that I'm like, oh no. So I don't know. That's, that's my thought about it. I don't know about you. I don't know if you want them to go on a winning streak. But uh, it'd be bittersweet, and you know what? With the way this season has gone, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if things go against what we actually want. Yeah. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What we're gonna do now is uh, wrap it up. Final, final, final question for you that I have is complete wild guess do you when pick the day the day actual day that you think the first trade's going to occur like i know forget the tofoli thing like the 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 opening of the floodgates the for real uh, the next big trade when's going to happen saturday february 26th in two days in two days in two days all right well we won't have to wait that long to see if you're right or wrong very good i'm picking march 2nd March 2nd. I say March 2nd, somebody gets moved. We'll see who we'll see who knows. You know that. what? And I and I the people that are gonna tune in and watch this next episode, we're gonna try to compile all all the crazy tweets we've seen in the last little bit, uh, all the crazy rumors of Habs players being traded for certain players, and we're gonna and we'll make a segment out of it and pretty much see what we all think about that dissect the trades dissect laugh who knows contradict let's have some fun with that (laughs) cry of course all right sounds good so thank you everyone for listening again um again uh, about dave we hope he's going to be back on the next one he's a busy man he's a new papa so you got to cut him a little bit of slack but uh he better be back soon i know you're listening dave be back soon we miss you we miss you dave for for, uh for vito i'm matt we thank you so much for listening. Uh, like, subscribe. You know the drill by now. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Whatever. Get pucked. And you can get pucked. Get pucked. <laughs>